freaks. So I was going out, so I looked on nice, and then I was walking down the street, and a guy walked past and he went, gorgeous. <laughs> the only time a car ever stopped for me, I was coming out of a garage and a snack run, mm. and the person went, like, let down their window and went, fucking gingers, <laughs> and then drove away. And I was so shocked, I couldn't think of a comeback. <laughs> I thought he was going to be like... He, like, catcalled you or he, like, said something about your snacks and then, oh, it went to hate, went right there. I just, I was like, uh, uh, yes, thank you, good night. <laughs> thank you for your feedback. I will take that under consideration. He's very far down the street. Oh, he's driven away. Oh, I'm just talking to myself now. And I've evidently had, like, you know, the spirit of the staircase thing where you, you think about what you would have said. What the what? Oh, this is going to be embarrassing. L'esprit d'escalier? It's called the spirit of the staircase. (laughs) It's that moment when you think about all the clever, witty things you would have said to somebody at the time. Yes. But didn't say. God, that is my entire day. (laughs) And also in the shower. I sit in the shower, I just think about comebacks to arguments and then congratulate (laughs) myself. Like, yeah, that would have been great. Good job, Jess. Yeah. So, are you going to introduce us this time? Last time you went, (laughs) and everything crashed. This is Everything's Awful Forever. We're a comedy podcast. I'm sure you've guessed by now by the entertaining conversation that you've just (laughs) listened to. Whatever we decided to keep in. It's been fantastic. (laughs) Somebody listening right now is going, this isn't the BBC. (laughs) This doesn't sound like proper history at all. So, we're a comedy history podcast. We like talking about all the things that will make you laugh. And also, I'm Jessica Byrne. That's Philippa Evans. Oh yeah, I forgot that about yeah, the introduction. Forgot, like, you know, people need to know who we are. I was going to say, people need to never know who we are, so that we can hide in anonymity. No, Philippa, stop it. <laughs> This entire journey, like, I've been, like, trying to push, like, oh, we need to, like, say who we are, we need to, like, let people be able to email us and stuff, and every single one, Philip has been like, no, hide, we must hide in the shadow. <laughs> this Banksy of podcasters. Yeah. It's okay, Philippa, it's okay, because, I'll tell you why it's okay, because I'm going to tell you about Freak Show. <laughs> good segue. That was a good segue, wasn't it? That was very organic. Speaking of us, freaks. <laughs> Speaking of that, freaks. Freaks, freaks. So I'm going to use the word freaks because although it's horribly offensive, this whole thing was. And so using that term in the context of that time when people called unfortunate people freaks. So apologies, no offence thingied. You know what I mean? No offence intended. That's the one. So yeah, the Victorians. Again, the Victorians. (laughs) I just love them so much. We're just going to have un-PC episodes forever because of the Victorians. It's just kind of... Yeah, they weren't a very PC bunch altogether, I think. Just everything they did was was offensive somehow. I don't think they did anything unless it was offending someone. They looked at the world and went, Oh, a freak. And look, darling, an imbecile. Oh, an imbecile. <laughs> and to your left, a woman. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. What a lot. 
Yeah, so when they weren't stuffing kids up chimneys or down holes or being covered in soot and ash with eyes full of hallucinogens, they needed to be entertained and distracted <laughs> from their awful lives. Just what? imagining Mildred hallucinating demons mm-hmm. and going, you know what, I think I need to go to a freak show. <laughs> I'm not entertained enough. And <laughs> She's like a cake caked in soot and lead and lead and everything else and she's like drinking poison drinking poison and has the jitters from all the, all the drugs and everything she's just like to the freak show it's just not enough darling and cockulus inculus is like yes let's go could use a good freak i've been in the room with a woman all day <laughs> one of the ways that victorians entertained themselves was with the circus I love circuses. Circus. I do kind of want to do a whole episode on circus because there are so many excellent deaths and stupid shit that happened <laughs> and just like really terrible things that went on during the circus, but this is not the episode. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the circus first to kind of pave the way. So the circus as we know it was actually created by an Englishman named Philip Astley. He was a former cavalry sergeant major turned showman. Because once you've finished with the military... Mm-hmm. Entertainment? Entertainment! It just flows in naturally. You're like the military, you're killing people far away, and then you come back and you're like, you know what, that was a barrel of laughs. <laughs> I've got some transferable skills now. Yeah. Leslie <laughs> served in the Seven Years' War from 1756 to 63 as part of the, oh, this is boring, as part of Colonel Elliot's 15th Light Dragoons. But that's where he came from. During that time, he displayed remarkable talent as a horse breaker and trainer. So after being discharged, Astley settled in London and opened a riding school near Westminster Bridge, where he taught in the morning and performed feats of horsemanship in the afternoon. And so people would come to watch him do these amazing horse displays. And unlike most people at the time, he didn't do it like up and down like a jousting arena, Mm. which is where most things did. He did it in a circle so that people could see from all angles. And so... The circus was born. Ah. Astley's building featured a circle arena that he called the circle, or circus, which would later be known as the ring. I mean, the Romans had circuses as well. Yeah. Mm. So did he, like, take that idea from them? Or? Well, yeah. The This is like the circus, as I said, as we know it, because it was uh, just yeah. like, yeah, mm. it was just like the horsemanship stuff in the beginning. Not here. so much killing people. Not so much killing people or lions and things. That came later. That's actually his... <laughs> invention. Uh, He had a lot of success with this because the circular stage, as I said, allowed people to see everything. But it wasn't awful enough. They were like, well, we're watching pretty horses and that's pretty good, but it's getting kind of boring. And so he introduced a lot more variety to his equestrian displays. He added in rope dancers, jugglers, character borrowed from Elizabethan theatre, the clown, who filled the pauses between acts with juggling, tumbling, rope dancing, and even trick riding. So we have him to blame. We have him to blame for bringing in clowns and doing all the circus stuff that we know. Thank you. Yeah, circus did kind of already exist, but not like it is today. With all the different... In the nightmares. (laughs) The horrible sort of like clowns and the bright music and fear and loathing style sort of Mm. like hideous, terrible goodness. (laughs) Also... British equestrian John Bill Ricketts opened the first circus in the United States in Philadelphia in 1797. So the circus was an English invention all over. Aren't we good at just, like, taking something that was kind of already existed somewhere else and going, that was my invention, and then filling every other country with it, because... 
You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, us. We did it later with Harry Potter, no one complains, so... Yeah. I wonder how that's going to turn out in the future. Because you know how we're looking back at this now, going, oh, wasn't it ghastly? Our future generation's going to look at Harry Potter and everybody, after, the, you know, like, the house wars have occurred and ravaged the country, <laughs> Slytherin, of course, being the winners. We will absolutely win. <laughs> Can you imagine if Hufflepuffs emerged from a bloody and gruesome battle, <laughs> the victors? <laughs> We were hiding in the basement. <laughs> when we came out, everyone was dead. Everyone was dead, and and then we made them, like, we made some of the survivors toast, but then, you We know, didn't like it. We didn't like it very much. And that's when we took them out back and shot them. <laughs> that took a turn, a Hufflepuff. Are you sure you're a Hufflepuff? God. Secret Slytherins. So, yeah, it, this circus really took off in America with starting to travel around so that things could come to you instead of you having to go to the theatres because it needed bigger and bigger spaces as it got bigger. And uh, people were not satisfied with cute horses or the antics of clowns. They wanted more shocking, <laughs> more hideous. Tightrope walkers, lion taming, things with danger were added in, but this still wasn't enough. God, Victorians. Victorians, people. What Jesus. is enough for you? More, more, more. That's all you want. Can you imagine looking at a clown and being like, I want more nightmares? <laughs> you see the clown and it's like, could be scarier. It could be someone with three legs. <laughs> this clown could be eating himself. Why isn't he eating himself, Mildred? So... With that, the Sideshow was born. Sideshow, a.k.a. the Freak Show, was something that would be on the side of the circus. The circus was your main performance, and here, off to the side, was your Freak Shows. The stuff that would make children cry. The stuff that would make adults cry. <laughs> and I looked at several, several pictures, and oh my. <laughs> so the circus is becoming bigger and bigger. They became kind of like fairs when they rolled into town, because they now needed to accommodate a huge amount of people, needing food, and also the need to be entertained absolutely constantly. What they had were the freaks. I love that the Victorians are like, Yes, my favourite hobby was laughing at the unfortunate. <laughs> that person's shaped slightly differently. I need to stare at them for hours. And point and laugh and maybe scream. <laughs> maybe vomit. And when the freak show isn't in town, well, there's always the asylum. <laughs> you could just go and look at just terrible people all over. The and world if the asylum is too far away, there's always the orphans in the street as well. You know? <laughs> there's always your wife with her there's lead mask of horror. Yeah. Uh, basically, if you're a Victorian, you need to be pointing and laughing at someone at all points during the day. Otherwise, why are you alive? Why are you alive? I just imagine them in the city filled with smog <laughs> and smoke, and you can't see through it. Mm -hmm. And somebody emerges, and you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you look ridiculous. <laughs> and so I, I see why they enjoy free shows. One day, we'll, like do a drawing or something like a dramatic reenactment of what uh, what we think Victoria London would be like but then it'll be too upsetting and it'll win six BAFTAs some performers in the free show were just people with unusual talents so kind of like Guinness Book of World Records kind of shit 
some people uh, they had like really stretchy skin and I mean really 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 <laughs> stretchy it was yeah this is pretty shocking that's one of those things where it's like I don't know if they have a medical condition but they might because I saw photos and it was just uh, very grim was it comparatively stretchy skin like with your lead face mask on it's not gonna be it's oh, gonna be no. like ding, ding, ding. No, it is, doesn't stretch this is stretchy skin compared to today's standard of I've seen this picture and it's like please stop ah! <laughs> and would I go and pay and see that I might maybe they just moisturize very well <laughs> yeah. what are you using <laughs> that's what I want in my skin elasticity to an alarming degree I want to be able to jump out a plane and be a human parachute. You want someone to be like, I'm cold, here, do you want this like this nice shawl? And then you wrap yourself in it and then you realise it's actually their, <laughs> their skin. Some other of the performers were sword swallowers. And what, there was a woman that just had loads of tattoos, just like a full body kind of tattoo. And that was enough for people to go, Oh, oh my god! Yes! Oh, and the tattoos all over, and you know, like seeing photos of her again, she looks kind of rad. Just tattooed, just just tattooed. That was it. <laughs> She'd fit in in hipster leaf. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Most of the performers inside shows, though, were tragically often just people with disabilities or rare deformities. Sometimes there was even just like extreme weight, such as extremely fat or abnormally malnourished person. These were all you know worthy of people to stare at and make fun of, of course. Not keen to get political at all, but I'm like, mm, what's changed? <laughs> we don't take people of varying sizes to either extreme and put them in a freak show and laugh at them. No, no, not anymore. That's um, Channel 4's job. <laughs> Some people were touted as being part human, part animal. So they had... Uh, the, uh, just reading this was just so sad, this whole thing. Anyway, they had nicknames like The Pony Boy, who was a man whose knees and elbow joints were inverted. Mm. So again, it's these these rare kind of medical conditions that people called the like, Camel Girl had the same things, but with her knees. And so her knees were the wrong way around. There was a Snake Man, who was a man with born without arms and legs. And <laughs> not very imaginative, these <laughs> things. It's just like, what's that guy? He's a fucking uh, worm lad and this one over here, she's got one arm, she's a tripod girl. <laughs> and that one's big fat. And it was all their fault because they're the ones drinking strychnine beer and <laughs> dousing themselves in poison, breathing in smog and then giving birth to whatever. <laughs> Oh, this poor innocent person who doesn't know all this all this shit is in the air and in their food and they're just like trying to have six babies because <laughs> 17 of them died before so she's like I need six more babies I've got no more babies oh it's a snake boy better put him in the circus <laughs> it was the best time to be alive uh, little people as well often considered worthy of looking at because they're not humans, obviously. One of the most famous little person was Tom Thumb. Good he one. Actually, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't his real name, obviously. They called him Tom Thumb. They changed his name. I think he was, was I read somewhere that he was, yeah, he was American, but when he was brought over, they changed his nationality to British and gave him the name Tom Thumb. And he actually performed for Queen Victoria herself. And by <laughs> performed, I just meant being a little person in her presence. <laughs> just like, look at me, I'm small. Isn't that worthy of gawping at and victoria was like yes we are amused we are very amused 
People who appeared non-white or who had certain disabilities were often exhibited as unknown races or cultures. So they were sort of shown as being missing links sometimes. So if oh. you, yeah, yeah, if you were, or if you had a certain amount of melanin in your skin, they would uh, put you in a cage and have you be like a savage from some <laughs> jungle somewhere. One such performer went under the name. Are you ready? I don't know. Oofty Goofty. What? So that was a noise. <laughs> That's the correct noise to make when a white man performs as a savage Oofty Goofty. Everyone, in fact, humanity, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know where to start. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Cultural appropriation. Uh huh. Rampant delusion. Yeah. Weird transracial idiot. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about Mr. Oofty Goofty. Did he just figure that people would mistake the soot on his face? <laughs> Philip, <laughs> shut up. Stop talking. You're always interrupting me. God damn it. Leonard Borchardt, Borchardt, yeah, was born in Berlin. 1862, so, you know, again, Oofty Goofty, born in Berlin. He went to America as, oh my god, I just want to preface the story, because it's so good, because his life was just mad, and (laughs) just reading it just left out so much shit, because it was all just so good, had to just keep in the best parts, because everything I read was just like, oh my god, what the fuck, this is not someone's actual human life that they had. (laughs) Are you ready? Again, I don't know, but let's yeah, go with you it. Are. With a name like Oofty Goofty, could you not be? <laughs> so he went to America as a stowaway. And when he arrived, he drifted from city to city until he ran out of money completely. And what do you do when you run out of money? You cry. join the army. You cry. <laughs> but then you join the army. So he joined the army and then deserted the army after being there for only four months. He's like, I'm going to join the army. I've got no money. No, this is shit. And so he decided to leave. But you can't really leave the army, so you had to run away. What do you do after you run away from the army? You join the circus. <laughs> That's what you do. So, join the circus. But mm. if you don't have any actual talent, what do you do? You still join the circus. <laughs> you still join the circus. And exactly that. You cover yourself in tar. Oh, Tar, really? head to toe. Painted head to toe in tar. And in that tar is horse hair stuck in. Horse hair all over himself in tar. Are your bones offended? Because mine are. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a talent. Well, yeah, he was covered in tar with the horse hair, and he was the wild man of Borneo. (laughs) The wild man of Borneo with the moniker Oofty Goofty. How did he come up with that moniker? He would be in a cage acting savage, and he would jump up and down going, and so that's how he got the name, because of the noises he was making. They would enhance this act by putting raw pieces of meat on poles and like poking them through the bars, which he would pounce on and then like savagely eat the raw meat. <laughs> Do you feel that white people just have all the fun? Oh, it's just so awful. So people would come and they would look at this wild man from the jungle and covered in, I mean, fucking covered in tar and horsehair. What did they think that actually was? Although, I mean, it just feels too relevant because come October, there's going to be some fucking Chad who's going to dress this way. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. My Halloween costume is this. Oh my god. Let's do it! Racially inappropriate <laughs> Halloween! 
me. That's what it's about. Um, so this lasted about a week because he became incredibly ill. Because <laughs> as we've learned anything from the horse vanishing in Sutty Ward, having your skin entirely covered in a horrible product is bad for you. No! <laughs> That's right. You need to perspire and your pores need to be not blocked with a carcinogenic substance. Shut up. Yeah, I'm sorry. I won't. <laughs> I simply won't. So the doctors at the city's receiving hospital tried for days to remove the tar, but they couldn't do so because of all the horse hair and it, like, hardened on. And so they doused him with tar solvent and left him to lie on the hospital's roof. (laughs) Actually, I read somewhere that he was in, like, Turkish baths for, like, five weeks because the tar just would not come off. It's bad, but I'm like, good. Good. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, no, yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's, That's what you get. Lenny. And after that, his life was kind of crazy. That's how how it all began. After that, once he was well and untarred, his life got weird. It wasn't weird enough. Afterwards, he worked as a baseball team mascot. I'm not going to tell you what as, but the team kicked him out because they lost too many games. It's his fault, obviously. But they kicked him out and he had to walk several hundred miles back home. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> He's like, I had to walk. Peasant. Miles. <laughs> I bet his feet bled. Uh, in June of 1885, he was charged with libel after claiming a man named C. Linear had offered him $200 to burn his house down. Which <laughs> As is you do. Absolutely not true. So he was charged with libel. Days later, he was put into the home of the inebriates to be examined <laughs> for insanity. They discovered that he was a deserter while he was here in this home of the inebriates, and he was to serve three years in military prison, which he tried to get out of by faking epileptic fits. <laughs> they discovered that this was all a clever ruse, though, and so they're like, nah, uh, oof you're going to prison, and he's like, night, and so he threw himself off a cliff <laughs> to get injured enough that it would be too bad to send him to prison. And so they were like, well, can't argue with that logic. (laughs) Clearly something is wrong. So he was released from service because he chucked himself off a cliff. And the next time somebody's trying to make me do something I don't want to do, I will throw myself off a ledge and someone will go, "Mm, valid point. It works. You're like, "Mm, I see your argument and yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to keep you. (laughs) Yes, I shall do the laundry this week, (laughs) Philippa, you're right. (laughs) On the 14th of July, 1886, he began a trek across America with a wheelbarrow, hoping to break a record. He went 40 miles and uh, was knocked into a creek (laughs) by a farmhand who was frightened by him. (laughs) And so then he called it off. All right, it's, it's just not going to go anywhere. Miles, he was like, nah, it's like, nah, I'm shit. For $20, he allowed himself to be shipped in a box to Sacramento as a joke gift for a young lady. Oh, how <laughs> so, did he survive? Uh, they carted him there with the box upside down, and they also left the package in a warehouse over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, nah, it's not, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> Basically, this guy would do anything for money because he had no skills, but he also was kind of like a daredevil, and that was the thing. Anyway, the, it goes on. He came back around to being in the freak show because Goofy discovered that he felt no pain because once he got thrown out of a bar, 
at the Barbary Coast Saloon uh, onto a hard cobblestone street. And after that, for some reason, couldn't feel any pain. So he seriously couldn't feel pain. It wasn't just like, I was drunk and I felt nothing. Yeah, he would walk around San Francisco with a baseball bat in hand and he would invite people to come and uh, kick him for five cents, smack <laughs> him with a walking stick for 15 cents, or beat him with a baseball bat for 25 cents. Still sounds better than my service job. That's right. <laughs> You'd be like, hmm, that's a, you can get paid for doing that now? Great. <laughs> Uh, this ended though in 1891. Sorry, he isn't a time traveler. In 1899, where was World heavyweight boxing champion John L. Sullivan whacked him across the back with a pool cue, fracturing three vertebrae and crippling him. And so he walked with a walking cane for the rest of his life. That's. So that's <laughs> oofty goofty. So the moral of the story, kids. <laughs> So, yeah, all of this is pretty awful. The society thought it was okay to stare at people with deformities for entertainment. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Embarrassing Bodies is on tonight. Is that a real show? Yeah, it's so A real know. show? Yeah, it is. What, what do you see in Embarrassing Bodies? Basically, this. So it's people who have, like, medical you... conditions or, like, strange things. Basically, anything on Channel 4, they're, like... This stuff still kind of happens today, where we're like, look at the quote-unquote freaks! I didn't know about this show, and people are Mm -hmm. terrible. I don't know if it still goes on, if we've realised that it's like, it's kind of not okay to just look at people and dehumanise them in this way and go, ooh, weird. We should just... Take our species and burn it. I just think, yeah, remove us. Put it on an island very far away. (laughs) Uninstall. Yes. (laughs) Delete. (laughs) Yeah, the people were very, very dehumanised, but in this time period they were also strangely empowered because as abhorrent as it was to exploit and treat people this way, of course, This society was just so horrible altogether that this was somewhat the best case scenario for people with severe deformities, where they could actually become hugely rich doing so, Mm. because they were famous performers in a lot of ways. The amount of power in their community certainly went to some of their heads. And while things were truly awful for them, sometimes the awful was on the other foot. Or... (laughs) the other claw hand in this case. I saw that coming right Yeah? Did you like it? Jokes are on fleek. This is Lobster Boy. Grady Stiles Jr. Born in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I'm gonna... Okay, I'm gonna purposefully pronounce American city things wrong. So in Pittsburgh... Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pennsylvania, in 1937, had a rare medical condition, and it um, ran in his family called ectrodactyly, in which um, the middle finger is missing, and so the fingers on either side are fused together, so it kind of looks like a pincer claw, a little bit kind of like a, a budgie's foot. This can affect both the hands and the feet. It doesn't always oh. affect both, but for him it did, oh. and his father too. Grady's father had the same condition, and he was ta- he toured in the freak shows as Lobster Man. So when Grady Stiles Jr. was born with the same condition, he was to be in freak shows from the 
tender age of seven, and he was the lobster boy. So we got the lobster man, he was the lobster boy. This is a terrible Batman story. It's the worst origin story ever. <laughs> also, as well, like in the freak shows, a lot of these things, they had these conditions that people wanted to come and look at and go up at, but also they would sometimes do other things too. Like, um, conjoined twins was a big thing, but then also they would perform too, so like they would be playing the flute or something like that and like the world's fattest man would do something else but he just kind of like sat there he didn't really have a performance he just went look at my weird hands look at my hands snip 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 oh i'm flapping around and like he didn't do anything he just was there and people would just go oh and look at him and that was entertainment enough for them <laughs> on so, the one hand i want that to be my life <laughs> people just look at me there. and are like oh and, like, and you're like that's right gaze upon me and this is all me. <laughs> this is everything. He married a woman named Mary. Mary ran away to join the circus when she was 19 to escape her incestuous father. That's right. Oh. It doesn't get better, Philippa. Hold your gasps. They met when they were working at the circus called the World of Mirth. The World of <laughs> Mirth. Look at the flappy hand, boy. Look, we've got a person who can put nails in his head. That feeling you're feeling? That's mirth. Mirth. Come stare at the man. You mirth. thought you didn't have a word for that emotion? <laughs> when you're a little bit disturbed, but intrigued and curious, and you feel bad about yourself and your life, mirth. The world is here. Look at the man. Everything's mirthful forever. <laughs> Everything's mirth forever. Uh, they had two children together, one of whom had heterodactyly as well. And so the family now toured around America as the lobster family. Stop cringing, <laughs> Philippa. What, don't you want to know about the lobster family? Mary must have felt so left out. Yeah, I know. She didn't, <laughs> the lobster family. She didn't actually have... She was just like a lowly ticket saleswoman. And he was so famous and rich at this point as being the amazing lobster boy that she had to work her way up in the circus ranks <laughs> to be worthy of his affection. So she started off as a ticket salesman, then she worked up to the caller, and that was the step right up, step right up kind of person. Which I think is a kind of amazing job. Like, what would you do? <laughs> Just like, look, come look at this. He's real fat. Ooh. And then, like, what else do you say? Like, we got a taxidermy thing that's a monkey attached to a fish. Is it a mermaid? Probably. Ooh. <laughs> Protect your children, ma'am. <laughs> this was not an idyllic, wholesome lobster family, though. You're kidding. He was actually a raging, raging alcoholic. Sometimes he would stay out for days at a time drinking. And he was the kind of alcoholic, not the fun kind, the really sad kind, you know? <laughs> not the fun kind, not like fun, our friends. Not the fun kind who falls down the stairs of CCs constantly. You know who you are. Uh, he would be the kind to pass out in a pool of blood in his own... Uh, pool of blood? <laughs> he would be the kind to pass out in a pool of his own vomit every night before making it to bed. Or blood. Or blood. Probably both. He would violently beat his wife and children particularly beating his child, Donna, who didn't inherit the... Uh, uh, I want to... Every single time I see this word, I want to say electrodactyly, but it isn't that. <laughs> Extradactyly. He would particularly beat her. This is all terrible, but I'm not surprised that he was an unfun alcoholic. Uh -huh. Your job is to be laughed at by quote-unquote normal society. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just going to be a fun guy, mm. a happy person. Yeah, but he started this life when he was seven years old. 
And so his whole life was just him to be there. I don't know, it's just such a miserable life. And people probably looked at him and they're like, oh, naturally, he's a drunkard mm. as well. Born that way. <laughs> it's just, it's in the genes of some just people. Bad breeding. Not that the Victorians knew anything about genes. Oh, my God, I know, <laughs> seriously. Like, did, did you hear about his incest wife? <laughs> a natural inveterate. <laughs> She's got excellent. Pure breeding, that one. <laughs> Keeps it all in the family. <laughs> so he would beat his daughter. He was actually exceptionally powerful. Because he couldn't walk, he had a wheelchair mostly. That was like, well, he was out and about. But in the home, he would just kind of like get around by kind of like walking on his hands. And so he had a, a very, very powerful upper body. He was mm. very, very strong. That's how he could terrorize his family, even though he basically like had no use of his legs he was just strong enough to be able to manhandle them and these hands as well were kind of like pincers and so they had a very very strong grip and he would sometimes choke and strangle his um, wife and children because i mean everything i'm saying is like i don't i'm trying to be pc but it is just like no he just had like pincer hands and so you could squeeze and pinch incredibly strongly and it was painful and bad that's it. it sounds kind of funny when you're thinking about it. It's like, have you heard of that molasses flood that killed loads of people? <laughs> this is a real thing that happened. You're like, oh, molasses flood? And it's like, yeah, silly. 21 people died. And it's kind of that kind of same thing where he's like, pinchy hands. But like, no, but they were strong and it was scary. <laughs> but at the same time, you know that newspapers were probably like, best bake-off ever. <laughs> exactly. Like everyone died. They probably had like some kind of pun there, which I can't think of now, but... It would have been a funny. A sweet disaster. <laughs> In drunken rage, he threw them out of the house. And at that point, they were like, mm, I've had enough. Mary, his wife, moved into the the world's smallest man's. <gasps> uh, moved in on him. Harry Glenn Newman. He was working as a welder, as well as being in the circus of being the world's smallest man. Oh, look, a little person. How gross and weird and hilarious or something. I don't know. Grady filed for divorce because she moved out to the world's smallest man instead of him. That bitch. That bitch. Mary didn't understand anything about divorce, and so he didn't tell her about what she was supposed to do. So she failed to turn up to all of the divorce court hearings, and so custody of the children fell to him, even though he was actually the probably the world record holder as the world's worst father. He got the kids. After the court hearing, apparently he, like, grabbed his daughter's hair with his pincer hands and threw her into the back of his pickup truck and drove away. And the judge was like, yep. Justice has been done. Bring families together. <laughs> Grady then married Barbara Browning. They had another child together who did also have an ectrodactyly, Grady Third. So, Grady's daughter, Donna, had enough of the abuse because she was living with them, and she ran away from home. To she join went, the circus? To join the circus. <laughs> she, she, she's like, I'm gonna go and join the... Oh, no. I already do that. Fuck. Guess it's a law firm for me now. <laughs> I'm gonna run away, join a law, and he was like, No, daughter of mine! You're the the family! She's like, No. I wanna be a collector! <laughs> She was 15. I was like, we're making a joke, and it's like, back to the sad now, though. She was 15. Her fiancé was 18. She ran away with him. They wanted to get married. Although, because she was 15 and wildly underage, you had to sign some papers to get that what? done. Yeah, the father had to give him away. And so Grady was like, all right, yeah, 
come over, sign the papers, even though I really hate this guy and I've been beating you up and beating him up and beating everyone else up, I'm gonna, like, come over, I'll be nice to you, I won't beat you up this time. <laughs> I won't, though. Just, we'll sign the papers and I'll let it happen. And so they came over to sign the papers, and the night before the wedding day, Grady went to a bar and downed a dozen whiskey doubles. He was that kind of drunk, yeah. The kind of drunk that you're like, I don't know if that's medically recommended, and also it's a little bit impressive. The kind of drunk where it's like, I didn't just fall down the stairs, but I think I fell on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. When he came home, he asked his wife Barbara and Donna to go out to look for his wheelchair, which he was wont to leave around because he was so drunk always. And so they were like, this is normal, we'll go out and look for it. Then they heard two gunshots, and they came back to the home, and Donna found her fiancé Jack stumbling <gasps> out of the home, bleeding gunshot wounds to the chest. He collapsed into her arms and died. And she looked up and saw her father smiling. I thought this was going to have a happy oh, ending. Oh no! How did you think that Lobster Boy story was going to have a happy ending? What would you think just, the happy ending like would be? Just like a Hallmark movie. He had the help from the world's fattest man, by the way, <laughs> making this <laughs> this horrible crime happen. It's all hideous, but then, like, when it gets to the court scene, which is actually next, the court scene, as I'm telling you about, but it's all, like, the world's fattest man and the bearded lady comes in, it's all just kind of like, oh, this is horrible, but... <laughs> so basically that's what happened, yeah. Uh, Grady was charged with murder, but he had a very good lawyer because he was so rich, again, from his freak show money. It was basically he, like he was a showman his whole life, and so he gave them the old razzle dazzle, <laughs> razzle dazzle them. I did murder him. <laughs> How can they see with lobster claws in their eyes? Or pull the trigger? <laughs> he was a hundred percent. There was all the evidence saying that he did it, but like the character witnesses were strolled in and it was all the performers from the Shrieks Freak Show. <laughs> the Shriek Show. The Shriek Show. And the Freak Show. So yeah, the fattest man came in, the bearded lady, the stretchy skin man, like all these people came in and so the jury were like, <laughs> wonderful, amazing, get this guy a medal. And they're like, no, this is a murder trial that he definitely did. And they're like, but look at him. Look, he's like, snippity snap, look at my, look at my hands, look at my hands. And they were like, I've never been so wildly entertained. <laughs> exactly. So basically, they managed to get it so that the charge was manslaughter instead, even though it was like absolutely him that did the murder. And, like there was just there were so many witnesses and everyone was there. And like you know, also because his main argument was that he couldn't go to prison because he had severe cirrhosis of the liver from all of his drinking. He also had emphysema from his heavy, heavy smoking. And so basically, like, look at me, I'm a chain-smoking alcoholic, and also, look at my hands, look at my hands! And they were like, yeah, we can't really put him in prison because he would have to have his own guard and you have to have his own stuff, and it's too much, like, kind of effort to handle this <laughs> because he would need so much medical attention that they were like... Yeah, I guess you can't really go to prison. You, you make a good point. So he was only sentenced to 15 years probation. I don't know what probation from what, though. Just don't. Don't what? Don't. Don't do uh, it again. Don't do. Don't murder. And he's like, all right, well, fuck, I guess. Hand slap. Look at my hands. So basically, this is the American dream. Be a chain-smoking alcoholic, get away with murder. <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> Bob left him, of course, with Donna and his other non-ectrodactyly daughter, 
Mary, though, comes back to him. What? Why? Is because... the world's smallest man really the oh. <laughs> world's smallest man? <laughs> That's a joke for you ladies out there. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Penis. So, what was the real reason because of that was that, uh, Philippa, you are going to be laughing on the other side of your face, is that he fell 15 feet from a welding job <laughs> and hurt his back and crippled him. <laughs> the world's smallest man was up there, 15 feet high. They were like, that'll be funny. Get these tiny. Look how high he is. Look at him up there. I'm laughing, but I'm crying. <laughs> no, don't you feel bad now? So he, really he crippled do. himself, and that's why, because he was like, no, I don't want to take care of this. Uh, so where were we? Oh, yes, you laughing about the world's smallest man being crippled. That's where we were. I do feel awful and uncomfortable. Thank mm. you, Jess. So Grady thinks that he's above the law, because he literally got away with murder. And also his wife Mary comes back to him. He tries to stop drinking for about three months, but then he's back at it worse than ever. He's crueler than ever. He's running a lobster empire, because now he's like <laughs> running his own. <laughs> stop! Don't laugh at the world. You're picturing little like king lobsters, aren't you? With like little crowns and stuff, and being like, kill him, doing the thumbs down. Except it's a claw <laughs> down. So people are like, I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm totally thinking of the evil lobster in Moab. <laughs> Shiny. Shiny. Jermaine Clement, if you're listening, you're great. <laughs> you just don't know what to do because you mm. feel bad because the Victorians were terrible to yeah. have the freak show, mm -hmm. but you feel not bad because he was a terrible person, but then you feel bad because it was society that yeah, made him he, an alcoholic. Yeah, like, treated him and, like, that... Yeah, I know. It's, it's all horrible. That's why I like it so much. Mary wasn't having much fun, again, because he was running his little lobster empire, which means, like, he was, like, making his own freak show. So not really in the circus, but, like, this kind of moved on, because, like, freak shows have become, sideshows have become so popular that they would sometimes be their own thing. There'd be, like, a ten-in-one show or something, where you would, like, walk through and, like, get to look at, like, the ten freaks on display and sometimes there would be musicians playing because like you need a slight break from looking at all the unfortunate people anyway turns out you can't abuse someone for years no matter how rich and famous you are what mary plotted to kill styles and she negotiated to hire a hitman their 17 year old neighbor <laughs> wyatt Wyant? Wyant. He was 17. They paid him $15,000. That's a lot of money for that, for then. I didn't look it up. You do that. So, Grady was shot in the back of the head as he sat in his underwear in his trailer. After all that, due to being so loathed in the community, no one offered to serve as his pallbearer for Grady at his funeral. Even his headstone didn't have an epitaph. It just had an engraving of clasped hands along with his name. Oh. Which I think is like the biggest kind of like fuck you being like, ha, hands, like the thing you didn't have. The jury convicted Wyant of secondary murder, sentenced him to 27 years in prison. That feels unfair. They charged his wife and son Glenn. Is this his son's Glenn with Barbara, the one that also had electrodactyly? Again, I wanted to say electrodactyly, no. <laughs> um, with first-degree murder. She and him received a sentence of 12 years in prison. So he murders someone purposefully because he's a dick and gets nothing. Basically gets off scot-free. They, like, kill a monster that's been terrorizing people and beating people for years, and they're, like, a million years prison. 
they were just making up for all the prisoners. <laughs> yes, they didn't give. Yeah, pretty much. So, I just wanted to talk about the performers as well. There were so many that I wanted to talk about because they were so good. Some of them were incredibly uplifting as well because they were, <laughs> they were like there were people in the society that was like, being a freak show, you can't do anything else. Bleh, we want to look at you and stare at you. But then these people kind of like became rich and powerful in their own ways. And despite what society was doing to them, they made a name for themselves. Sometimes they even made their own companies aside from what they were doing. So they got money being like, look at me, Ooh, I'm a snake boy. Okay, fuck you, I'm going to go do something else now. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes stories just end, and we don't have to have conclusions. Fuck off. Stop he judging died, me. They went to prison. Finny. Moral of the story is, don't be a lobster boy beating people up, or you're gonna get shot in the head. And I'm talking to you, Greg. <laughs> Greg's like, me again? What, what did I do? <laughs> it's interesting what you say about people using deformities in empowering ways. Mm. In my next episode, I look a little bit at changelings. Mm. Often people who had some kind of physical deformity were said to have spent time with the fairies. So like your one leg was shorter than the other, or your thumbs turned inwards, or you were missing a finger, or I don't know, you had a hooked nose, who Mm. knows. (laughs) You just maybe were a little ugly. These people would be like, hey... I was a fairy prisoner. I can tell stories. You should listen to me. I will prescribe terrible herbs for your stomach <laughs> aches and have power in this community. That's and interesting. It is pretty cool. Yeah, and cool. They did that until the English arrived. Oh, and then we Ruined were like, everything. put them in a show. I want to look upon them and feel better <laughs> about my ugly wife. <laughs> Dance for me, fairy boy. Eat this potato, except don't eat the potato, starve and die. Thank you very much. I'm sorry, Irish people, a.k.a. my ancestors. Suggest the the English woman. The English woman. (laughs) So conflicted. I know, like, I'm half Irish, I'm half English. Do I hate myself? Do I hate everyone else? Do I like potatoes? Do I hate potatoes? What's going on? Can I drink by a Guinness? No, I can't. It's disgusting. Oh my god, who am I? I'm living in Scotland. What the fuck's going on? When will my reaction (laughs) show? So I guess that's the the end. We need to do a some things are good sometimes section. I've yeah. got my some things are good sometimes. Was it is it about toast? Oh, you got my toaster. Yeah, you did do it. You did it. arrive. And it was good. Completely forgot about my toast. <laughs> I've not used it at all. I have used it. Yeah. And I have not made unicorn toast yet, but I have made delicious almond butter and apple toast. Ooh. With a little bit of cinnamon on. I love, because most human beings have had a toaster for their whole life, and so we're bored of it. And now you're like, toast! And it's like this whole other world has been unlocked for you, and you're making crazy shit with toast. And we're just like, oh, yeah, I never really thought about that, because we're bored of toast because I've had it forever. Like, you, you can do more than just butter. Holy shit. And I'm just skipping around, being like, unicorn toast! Oh my god. (laughs) There's so much more in my life. (laughs) You know that your life is sad when you're like, what can I do with myself? Guess I need to just spruce up my toast. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the tiny piece of happiness I've found in this goddamn world. Your toast is good. Therefore, your world is good. It so is. is that your actual some things are good sometimes? That's my actual one. Thank you for reminding me. Good. My 
I guess mother-in-law, but we're not married, but we're like long-term partners and we've got a house together. So it's like, why do I need a piece of paper to say that we're committed? Anyway, so my (laughs) mother-in-law has been visiting and she is so good at baking. She has made a banoffee pie and it's just the fucking joy in my life. It's just very, very, very good. And she's made like two bases of which you need to like make the cream and the banana on top because Mm. that's the part that doesn't last. And so she made a base and we ate the first one and this base has just been sitting in a fridge and I'm like, so we're having the banana pie now? And they're like, "Mm, no, because today we're having this other thing. She made this other pudding, which was also (laughs) excellent. So I was like, this is fucking great. But I'm like lusting after the banana pie. And so like kind of like a junkie coming down. I'm like, when's my bump? When's my banana pie? And I think it's going to be tomorrow. Anyway, banana pie is good. Helen, you're great at baking. Mm. I love that after the awfulness of this episode, we're like, food! Food! <laughs> Thank you for listening today. It's actually been great. Like, we've seen a lot of people listening, and they've been kind of chatting to us and joining our Discord. I love that. It's that cheesy thing where people are like, like, comment, and subscribe. But it's like, no, I I love, like, hearing what people have to say. It it is fucking great. And it's not that cheesy thing of just, just do it, yeah, comment, I'll totally read it. It's like, no, we're reading everything, and it's amazing, and thank you so much. We are miserable people, and... And Jess sometimes smiles when she reads a card. No, she doesn't. No, I... She smiles on the inside. I smile on the inside. It's one of those things where you're like, that's so funny, but your face doesn't change. And you're like, hmm. Maybe you do a sniff laugh where it's like... (laughs) Like a Victorian woman with a face mask. Yeah. But, yeah. (laughs) That said, it really does make us happy seeing your comments and interacting with people who listen to our show. So leave a comment on whatever podcast thing you use We're to get your awfulness. Like, all of them. All of Pretty them. Much. Mostly. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, we'll be there. And if we're not there, tell us, and then we'll just fucking go there. Although you haven't heard us, this is a moot point, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, if people are like, I only listen to podcasts on trees, and we're like, okay, we'll have to get on trees somehow. <laughs> Can't you see two crazy women in a tree being like, <laughs> drinking wine. Shows. Lobster pies! You would make so much money. <laughs> this is going very well. <laughs> Philip has got great boobs. I've got good legs. We're up trees. It's fine. We're screeching about lobsters and things. And we What's not to love? Money. This is our friend show. <laughs> So you should tell people where to follow us. So, with all that in mind, follow us in the following places. <laughs> on Twitter, you can follow us on Awful Forever Pod, on Instagram, and Facebook. We are Awful Forever Podcast. We've got a Discord server, which is not just about us, it's about podcasting in general. And with that in mind, we need to leave now. Mm-hmm.